Hi, and welcome to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall, IEP coach, certified autism travel professional, and parent empowerment partner. Today, we're going to be listening to an interview that I did with uh, master IEP coach founder, Catherine Witcher. Enjoy. I'm going to jump into a conversation all about relationships, IEPs, teachers, principals, the nurse, everybody who's involved with an IEP can make a difference. And I have with me Markeisha, who's going to share with you how she got to an IEP table, what her role is at the IEP table now, and her experience with making relationships work. So welcome, Markeisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Markeisha Hall, and I was a former early childhood special education teacher, and that was my role um, at the IEP table. Uh, IEP table. Um, I did assessments for the district and then usually the initial IEPs every other Friday. And um, in 2018, I adopted our youngest son and he is on autism spectrum. So now I'm on both sides of the IEP table. (laughs) It's so interesting getting the perspective from all different sides of the table. In fact, I can remember my first IEP experience that I really Remember, I'm sure I went to meetings with my mom for my brother. And for those of you that don't know, I have a brother who is 43 who has Down syndrome. And um, I can remember sitting at, it had to be a transition planning meeting for him in high school. And I was probably about, I don't know, 16, 17. And uh, they got around to asking my mom, where, you know, where's Robert going to live and who's going to take care of him and what's going to happen. And my mom said, Oh, his sister will take care of all of it. And I can remember sitting at the IEP table, like, Oh my gosh, what are like, these are all really hard questions that are going on. And now I'm involved in somehow, and they're asking me questions about all of this. And so I sat there as a, as a special needs sibling and and there's going to be some special needs parents that hear that and said, Oh, I would never do that. But you know what? Sometimes you just say things in the moment. We're like, we got it. We got it as a family. Like we'll just take care of it. And so I had the family experience first and then I flipped over to the professional experience and I had that um, perspective as a certified special education teacher. So you and I have that in common. We kind of reversed how we started, but we both have both perspectives, which is why this, this topic is so important because we know that uncomfortable conversations, like what I just mentioned that I experienced when I was the kid at the table um, as a family member, it happens. And and we have to know, um, who's at the table and what's going on. So I'm actually going to let you jump into what it means to have a relationship with the IEP team, because, you know, we don't do standard here. We all know like, Oh, you can send emails or, Oh, you're supposed to check in and you're supposed to do that. So maybe you can share a little bit about your son and how those relationships work for him. Okay. Well, um, Joe, well, I have four kids, so I think that it's important because a lot of parents are new parents, not just new to IEPs, but just new parents. Um, so I build relationships right away. I, From the front desk personnel, the nurse, the coaches, everybody, I want them to know these are my babies <laughs> and this is our family and these are the things. And if you see them doing something that they're not supposed to be doing or something that they're doing well or they're in distress, here's my number call me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, um, and we 
had that built that relationship with the three other kiddos that I have at the school. And Josiah was transitioning from preschool to kindergarten. So we were looking forward to that uh, transition. He was ready to go to the big school. We had actually prepared the school before because, like I said, I believe in relationships. This is Josiah. He's coming to school. These are kind of things. So they were when we went to go get their books, his books and stuff. Everyone's like, "Oh, hey, Josiah!" They like they, they knew him already from us previously building that relationship. And then, um, as everyone knows, Rona happened, and the it, it didn't work out the way that <laughs> we didn't want. That just to. sums up twenty twenty. Right, it just didn't work <laughs> out. Rona happened and it just didn't work out. So, so here we are in the middle of, um, you know, the country being in crisis, schools um, closing left and right or not opening or whatever was happening in, in everybody's area. And you're all excited because you have, you know, child number four that is going to do this big transition from preschool to kindergartner. He's made a ton of um progress and just made leaps and bounds, you know, into different milestones. I know that from speaking with you before. And so kindergarten was supposed to be a big deal. And and so you started to build the relationships and like you said, Rona happened. So explain kind of what happened in the fall then. So man, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Um, Joe had come a very long way. He didn't speak until he was about four. So he's six now. Um, And he just, he had all the services, early intervention, OT, PT, neurologist, ophthalmologist, all the ist. And so um, kinder was going to be a big deal for him. And we wanted to um, have him in the least restrictive environment. You know, the teacher comes out of me also, which, um, and so I wanted him to be included as much as possible and see how that will work out in a general ed classroom with supports. We didn't know what that would look like. So they wanted to see what that looked like, but we couldn't really get down how they would be observing the kids to evaluate how many hours and things like that he would need. <sighs> I just, I know we're on a podcast that I just, I just hit my head like the, <laughs> the emoji, you know? Um, and he, it was rough. He was in the class, um, his sensory and um, sensory processing auditory processing. And so sitting in front of the computer for days, I mean, hours, excuse me, every day for hours was just difficult. It was too much. It was too too much. And, you know, you had worked so hard to make so much progress and you worked so hard to get everything set up for as smooth as a transition as possible. And the teacher in you, knew what to do. The mama and you knew what you, you know, your son needed in that. And I want everybody who's hearing this, who's, you know, the mom who's like, I don't even know, did I do enough? Did I try enough? You can know all the things and you can set up all the things right? go right. And sometimes it still just goes wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had, it was set up. We were ready. The team was ready. Um, Since we do have a relationship, then we have, Mm, like a given give and take kind of thing. So they were giving um, consults um, for RSP, although I knew as the teacher and what the data says that he needs the RSP, but since they hadn't seen him and we had a Explain few Explain the acronym, Markeisha. Oh my goodness. I know, my goodness. Resource specialist. Um, so you can, 
um, have a resource teacher that would either do a push in. That means they would go into the general education classroom or some um, is pull out and they go to a separate classroom to work on language arts or math or whatever their need is um, addressed so they can have adapted work or modifications done to their work. That's what RSP. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. And you know what? Let me just point out again, like we're going to do a lot of teaching moments inside of, you know, this I can tell. And I love that because I want everybody again to hear like I've been in the field for over 25 years professionally, uh, but I always ask for clarification of acronyms because I never want to assume. So I could have assumed something like that or similar to that, putting it in context of the story. However, anybody again, who is listening to this? I don't care if you're a teacher, an admin, a therapist, or a parent. There's a lot of jargon that is flying around the IEP table. And depending on your experience, you may or may not know what that means. Do not ever hesitate to do exactly what I just did. Absolutely. Just I, mean, I just stopped Markeisha halfway. So could you just explain that acronym? Right. Okay, let's make sure we're on the same page. Cool. Yes. Now keep going. That's <laughs> absolutely. That's absolutely, absolutely something that parents should um, not feel like, I don't know. It's just like if I was going into a hospital and they would start talking med, med terms, I would have no clue. My master's in uh, special education would have no meaning there if they start throwing around ac- acronyms. I mean, so, if you remember being a newer, like, you know, teacher or, you know, evaluator in that and other people were throwing around acronyms as if yeah. you're supposed to know what they are. And then you just kind of stood there nodding your head like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, I <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be the one who knows all of these. Right. So I don't want to ask right now. I'm telling every like, just ask. It's, you know, we don't do that for ego reasons when we're the professional in that situation, but just ask. So, okay. So we have everything falling apart and we're supposed to be having this gen ed resources with push in. And then we're in this virtual situation. You're supposed to um, have support from this resource specialist doing this and everything was still not coming together. No, it was hard. His behaviors that we hadn't seen and new behaviors um, started coming up. So I was like, well, we're teaching. My husband's also um, a special education teacher. So we, this was all new. I saw him struggling to figure it all out since it was all thrown at teachers at once. So we wanted to come from a place of understanding and grace. And then um, at about six weeks, my mama heart started beating faster. And I was like, you know, you know what? Um, We're going to need to talk about this because we were having to, sorry, I get choked. I get really choked up because his um, behaviors, what that would look like is he started to get super, super anxious, way more meltdowns than we hadn't seen since he had come into our home when we got him at two, Um, pulling his hair, little curls, balding because he would be pulling it. Um, It looks like his, um, I'm just trying to describe so parents out there can understand that I understand what they're talking about when you're seeing this. And then that's why I started to be like, okay, Um, like picking his ears so they bleed, just nervousness, feeling with his hands, just all kinds of things. Some were new that he'd never done before um, that started to come up during virtual learning. So we, um, I called a meeting. We had, I do have relationships with the personnel at the school, but there was new people as there always is. And they didn't know me and I didn't know them, but I do like to respect um, everyone's position. And um, 
that's what I, you know, so we started there. We started there with um, talking about how we could best help him. And we did come at an impasse because they didn't see that. Um, some some of the personnel didn't see it and they couldn't see it because he's at home with me. All right, parents, you hear that? You're not the only ones who get the, well, we're not seeing that. We don't see that need. We don't see this as an issue. Yet here's a mom who is seeing not just behaviors that used to be there and went away, were faded, replaced. Right. But now they've reoccurred plus more. Right. And everybody's telling you no. no. Right. No. Like, he looks like he's sitting. And he I was like, yeah, because we're sitting next to him. Now, the benefit that we had and that um, the grace, I guess I want to say that we were extending is that I was adapting all of his work because it's hard for me not to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For me not to um, adapt it. So it, they was getting turned in and we would sit next to him also. And um, so that he would attend. And then we got the squishies, which is something that he can use to, or fidgets. Um, they may call them. They're just little, um, what is it? Like little toys or little gadgets that a child can hold in their hands when they're feeling like they're not paying attention, helps them pay attention um, a little bit more. And so we had all the things and so they weren't seeing any of the things. <laughs> and so then I said, well, well, I'm going to tape him um, and what it looks like, because I was I was at an impasse. You know, they were saying, like, he's doing this. He knows he knows these things, which is his ABCs and the numbers. And they didn't see the other side of it because they were paying attention to, they were doing their thing also. Yeah. So did you record him while he was in class so they could see what he was doing at the same time? Right. I did. I love and that. I did do that. And I made sure not to get the other kids in class. There's a whole another can of worms with that. Um, that could be, so make sure that you are, um, if that's something that you want to do, talk with your principal about that so they can let the teacher know. And so that they can make the proper precautions, especially out here in California. It's like a two party. We're here in California, but it's a two party thing. But I made sure just to get him from his, you know, from his perspective to respect the other kids privacy that's in the classroom also. Absolutely. Um, so with that, it was uh, better. It's not something that I had done before. I don't like to um, and I would never like posted on social media for him, but it was important for me to show that to them during this season because they weren't able to see it. And um, that got, you know, some different, different responses. We did have to, we didn't, we didn't agree. Um, I was telling Catherine earlier that um, my husband had to kick me a couple of times up under the table because sometimes my training goes to the wayside and the mama bear comes out. But that's why it's also important for you to bring somebody with you to the IEP because it's very emotional. And, you know, as the teacher, you're taught to keep like the emotions out of it. It's data driven. It's what is needed. And on the other side is I'm watching my son do things that he hadn't done in the past and just messing up our whole 
day and not just my day, his day, you know, it's about, about him and the things that he was enjoying and just moments of him just sitting there crying for out of the blue, just doing something that he likes, just start crying. He is verbal, but he's not able to verbalize those types of things. Like I'm feeling so mad because they didn't call on me in class. He's not able to do those types of things yet. So it was very, very frustrating for him. And they're very frustrating for me because as moms and dads, because my husband always says, and dads, we want, we don't want to see that, you know, we want to avoid that. And then, but we still have to remember that it is a process. It's a process. And it was my job then to be both and to say, what are we going to do to not be in this situation? Because this situation is not, um, conducive to his learning or to his him socially, to his well-being as a whole, not just educationally, you know, because after the Zoom went off, we still had to um, regulate the rest of his day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that this is a process and that's where these relationships that we're talking about can really be key. So you had all the relationships to set up the situation in the fall that was supposed to go well (laughs) and it didn't. Then even though you had the relationships, they got a bit strained because you're seeing something and they weren't seeing something. And I will tell you, this is where a lot of parents and teachers give up or build a wider gap between right. them. They, they let this conflict of, I see it, um, but you don't, and you won't help, or I can't help, or that's not school related, or there's nothing we can do. It's not our fault. The school isn't open. It's like there's, right. there's a lot of divide that can happen. So you have the relationships and then this happens. And that's where I can already hear a lot of our listeners are going to be like, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And, and then they continue to use that mama bear approach, which yeah. I am all about when necessary, but you weren't quite at that threshold that you needed that. And you had somebody there, you had your husband to do a little, I'll say nudge, but kick under the table right, to, to help you kind of switch that and get back to the relationship building. So, so you get the data, you get back on track, you're building the relationships and just share, you know, what happened next then? So you had like, who did you have to talk to and how did you make this process? Cause I know that when there's relationships involved, the process goes faster. So if you have been ignored in your inbox for two weeks and somebody's not getting back to you, it's because you don't have a relationship with them Absolutely. and, and you have to build that relationship. So tell me how, how did the relationship piece help? What might look a little bit different than like, let's say a standard advocacy practice of like pushing through a negative situation? Right. So since I wasn't um, making as much progress as I would with there after I took it down a few notches um, and said that let's let's stop this meeting so that we can all, you know, regroup. And um, I reached out to the principal. I reached out to the principal because she, I was able to talk freely, more freely with her. Um, she knew our family extensively um, since all of the three kids are, well, two have graduated from there and one's still there in, in the sixth grade. So she was able to understand that while the teacher might have been feeling attacked, that I wasn't attacking her. Um, I made that known. I'm a teacher. I don't, I don't want her to feel like that. 
Um, I just want um, what Josiah would need to move forward in this virtual learning. And I understand that no one knows what it looks like, but I wanted us to figure it out together, what it was going to look like for him in particular, not for, I, I can't do everything for everybody. I want to know what's best for him. So that took the, being able to even just reach out to her um, and talk freely. And let's let's talk a little bit specifics for that in the way of how did you reach out to her? What was your what what, what was your initial motive? So we stopped the communicate. We stopped that meeting. Right. And this is a strategy that I use a lot, but I don't know exactly how you reached out because there are ways to, like I said, kind of get on the inside, even mm-hmm. if you you know don't have you know three other kids that have gone right. through the school with that. So how did you specifically reach out to that principal? Well, first I emailed her. Right. Um, and can you just highlight like what, what was the tone of the email? What, what maybe like a one liner from the email? Yep. It was just, um, dear Mrs. Blank and blank. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand that there's a new, there's new personnel at the school site. We have been, um, having, uh, meetings. We've had two meetings in particular, um, during this time. And I just, don't feel like we're going, we're moving forward. And I would like to have your input, but I'd want, I also CC the the team on there because I don't want to be going behind their backs and I don't want, they have working relationships. I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm telling someone else. I CC the whole team added morale. Um, oh, I'm almost saying it. I added the principal. Um, I don't want to step on anyone. You know, I want to follow the process. Um, but I feel like that you need to um, take a peek peeksies and see if we, is there a time this week that me and you can talk on the phone? Yeah. Um, and I love that. So that strategy, that's something that we talk about in the master IP coach mentorship a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk about that. If you want the team to work together as a team, you have to communicate as a team. And this right. was a difficult situation. And you were yeah. going to write an email to one person and you weren't calling anybody out in a, in a negative way. Never would I say send an email to the entire team and tell everybody, you know, tattle on the speech therapist for not doing a good job. We're not singling anybody out. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, Hey, as a team, this is not working. So I need to talk to you and you're CCing the team. So they're not like, yeah, Oh, she's running around trying to get us in trouble. I'm being as transparent as possible. That is a huge strategy. So if if you're driving in your car and listening to this, my goodness, like, just remember like the 20 minute mark, you're going to want to go back and say, Oh my gosh, she told me to look at the 20 minute mark. And and I have to write down the strategy because it gets you unstuck and it gets conversations moving forward. So, okay. So you email the principal, you see the team and you ask her like, Hey, we need to do something to move this along. Absolutely. Yep. And she gave me a call and um, we chatted honestly um, and openly. And the next day we were on a new path. (laughs) We were on a new path. Um, I like to see data and um, we weren't able to get it. We weren't sure. And I'm sure a lot of parents are in this uh, and teachers are in this like, well, how do I get data? So we decided as a team what we were going to do for Josiah in particular to get data and exactly what we were going to take the data on. Since it was going to look different, it's going to be different for the rest of the year out here with his school district. They're not going back. Um, This is the school year. This is what the school year looks like. So um, we work together on a plan for every two weeks to the specific um, 
California, the con- the standards, um, the Common Core standards, what we were going to be working on so that we could just focus on that, get the data on that every two weeks. So then when we come back right after Christmas break, we'll have some more things to discuss on the same page. Because I think that was another, you know, that's another thing we can't. Well, I don't recommend looking at all the things. <laughs> you can't do all the things, especially in virtual learning. So my specific thing was his kind of comprehension. We were talking about that earlier and strengthening that part um, because he was doing okay with some of the other concepts. Not great, not to grade level standards. I think that's what it is. But my concern was the comprehension and the reading part. So that's what we're focusing on. That's where we're taking the data on that we can all talk about and say, oh yeah, we are talking about the test that happened on Friday or what's today, Tuesday, December 15th. We're all talking about the same test when before we might've been talking about different points and different stories like that. So that's super important for me and, and for them mm-hmm. so we're all on the same. So we could get on the same page. We weren't on the same page. Um, Can I just say that again, you just dropped another um, golden nugget of information there of insights. Parents and teachers, did you hear that they had to decide as a team that we were not going to measure everything all the time, that we had to prioritize and how to move forward? You are listening to Markeisha, who has the parenting background. She's not a new parent. She's a veteran parent. She's a a special education professional. Her husband's a a professional in special education. She has so much experience as a mom and a professional, and she can't make it happen at home to measure all the things all the time and address all the areas of need all the time. So if you've been beating yourself up over this because you can't figure out how to fit everything in, Right. You can't can't do it. You have to, you have to make a priority. And the great thing is, is once you get something prioritized and you guys start talking about that, those specific reading tests and the specific comprehension, you're going to nail that as like a habit of what you're looking at. And then you can add another piece on those pieces that you're not looking at are not gone forever. It's just not a priority right now. Right. Exactly. That that's, Perfect. And what helped is we always we talked about this before, um, is that um, the part of the IDEA that says future um, employment, further education, independent living. So I started to look at it, although I've known that piece, you specifically brought it out. And I just was like, what is going to help him the most? I was like, well, math, not only because I don't like math, (laughs) forget about math. No. and I was an English major, so that's not, that didn't go into it, but it was, well, he can use a, you know, we, he learns how to use a phone, he can use the calculator, you know, that's kind of virtual. Um, comprehension is not just so he can understand um, the three little pigs or whatever story they're reading in kindergarten. It's when he goes out in the world and he's able to ask, advocate for himself. That was super important. And to do that, you have to understand what someone's asking you and you have to be able to return that information. He has a deficit in that currently. We need to start working on that now, even though he's six. Um, If I want it to be something that he's possibly open up all the possibilities for him to be able to do it in the future. And so that's how I, that's how I came to 
the, that that was our focus. I love that. And for those of you that aren't familiar with my obsession over the purpose and findings uh, that are listed in the ideal law, this is where I'm going to give you my disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just telling you where to look. Mm-hmm. In the purpose and findings of ideal law, we all know the first part that says that um, a child is entitled to a free and appropriate public education. Then there's the second part that says to meet their unique needs. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third part of that statement that says it's also to prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. And that's where the focus should be. And that focus really flips the perspective a lot of times on which IEP goals are important and not important because yeah. there's there's 99 things that your son could be working on. Um, yeah. and, and you have to figure out the top priorities. And so often I hear parents and teachers struggle with, like, we're talking about a six-year-old. Why do I have to look at further education, employment, independent living? Well, go ask somebody who has a child in special education at age 20, right? that they're getting ready to age out of the system. Mm -hmm. They will tell you, I wish I would have known. So we're cutting that for you right now. We're telling you, we're telling you. Now, doing that is tough. That is, that is a tough parallel to try and make, but you just gave a great example. You were like, okay, like this reading comprehension is a significant struggle and it will have a significant impact long-term. Right. So that's how you chose to address that. So I I want, again, as you're looking at, to come into the, I'm going to even say the next school year, I know we haven't finished this one, but like you said, like yeah. we're like, mm-hmm, this is a school year for the rest of the year. Like we had high hopes for the second half yeah. of the school year. And a lot of those are just mm, yeah. kind of going out the window. Yeah. So, so I want you to really think about like, what are you doing now? That's going to have the best long-term impact. And who do you need to connect with to make that happen? What, who's the principal that maybe wasn't involved in this conversation who could be involved in the conversation or who's the nurse that could help advocate for some medical needs that might need to be taken care of, or who are the people that can help you get the priorities taken care of? Absolutely. That's absolutely important. We um, have actually, he, we decided as a team for him to move to a different style of teaching. And that's been working out for him to bring it to full circle. I don't want to just leave it as the, ah, the meeting. Um, um, but I do feel like the main point is that you, the, the relationship I was able to reach out. I felt comfortable to reach out to talk about my son and it was difficult. Um, some of the conversations weren't something that, you know, it's not always sunshine and flowers just because we're vast IP coaches, but it doesn't have to be like, I, going to take you to, you know, the back alley. Yeah. That's what it like. <laughs> that's how you know. I, I, I'm from suburbs of Chicago. The country to say, you know, like go take your earrings off and that like right. back it's alley. Like, <laughs> We don't have to go there. And, you know, special education, we get that reputation a lot um, in our community of like, well, I had to do this or they wouldn't have, you know, listened. And, you know, it's a process that requires relationships, that requires team communication. And it doesn't matter if you think you got it all right. Right. Things are probably going to go wrong. (laughs) 
in there. So, so you have a, a different plan. So somebody's gonna, of course, you know, send a message because you left it at, um, you know, he's in a different type of learning now. Like you're in a different path, and he's on a different kind of learning. So you just. Real quick, tell us. So he was sitting at a computer for, you know, you said you said for like days. Oh, I mean like hours oh, in the day. No, it felt like days. So he was sitting at the computer for days and days and days and lots of issues going on. So now what does his learning program look like? Well, first we adjusted his class. He is in kinder, so they have a.m. full day and an a.m. and a p.m. So we took him out a full day and we put him in a p.m. class. So he doesn't even start till 11 o'clock, um, which also allowed room because he has speech and OT. Um, yeah, speech and OT. He graduated from PT. Um, so that allowed for those things to happen also. And for him just to start his day, we go for a walk every day to get him a little regulated, ready for, you know, ready to learn. And his other class, it was they started at like nine or eight thirty. And that was just just harder for him. So um, the relationship came in there because the principal, of course, knows her staff and um, the team knows the staff. And so when they were saying, well, what's important to me is for him to um, as I feel like I can work on some of the things at home because I am special education, but I want his um, social emotional health to be checked in. And he thrives on like a teacher saying, like, what did you do over the weekend? You know, and everyone has different teachings. My sister's a teacher and she's not as warm and fuzzy as me. Um, the students still like her, but she's, you know, she tells you this is what it is. She said, I'll totally confess. I was not the warm and fuzzy teacher. I'm warm and fuzzy. I'm like, let's do What did you guys do? You know, so he's more like, what did you guys do? Kind of that gets him more motivated, you know, noticing like, oh, what kind of shirt do you have? All those little things. Um, helps keeps him um, inter interested and interactive. And so just that small move, nothing against um, the other teacher, of course, we still have a relationship with her also. After everything went out and we switched, um, I did send her another uh, email, just thanking her for being his first kindergarten teacher, that it's hard, what she's going, what we're going in, that it had nothing to do with her. It had to do with me finding out what the best um, course of action was for Josiah. It wasn't even about me. It was, it was about him. And, and I think when once you tell that to uh, parents and to teachers, if we all focus on them um, and seeing them for what they're going to be doing in the future, then that helps like bring it down. Like I'm not talking I about love that. I yeah. love that you wrapped back around and you did a thank you, yeah. um, even though that teacher and that situation didn't work out at the time. Right. Um, that because, again, let's just face it, you never know when you might meet again. <laughs> the school system has so much turnover, so much flip-flopping of positions, and right. it wasn't the right fit at the right time. Right. Right. But she wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong. She right couldn't meet the needs at the time with the resources that she had. And exactly. that can happen to all teachers at some point in time. And it breaks our heart as teachers yes. because we want to do what's right. Absolutely. Even when we're not able to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Markeisha, will you tell us uh, a little bit about, you have um, a new podcast that <laughs> is just, I know she's laughing because uh, I'm excited for this. I didn't tell her that I was going to go ahead and let people know where they can find you because 
You can talk all things special ed all day long. However, that's not the purpose of your podcast. Your podcast broadens the scope of the conversation. So um, I will make sure that everybody gets the contact information in the show notes. I'm assuming we'll make sure that they should just go to your website because they, they might want to talk to you too. So they can reach out and talk to you and I'm sure find links to your podcast at your website, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And your website name is? It's MarkeishaHall.com. Okay, so I'll make sure you guys have the spelling of it. It'll be there. So MarkeishaHall.com is where you'll find everything. And what are some of the hot topics that you're going to cover on your podcast? We are going to be talking about, um, I call it from diagnosis to daily living, since I am a special needs mom also. So we talk about, um, our, of course, our diagnosis, our first IEPs, traveling with um, children with special needs, um, parenting during COVID is, is just different. Um, just emotional health. We're going to have someone talking about that because that's super important um, to be able to take care of everything. Just everything. Mm-hmm. And if you're a special needs family who likes to travel or you or you think you might want to travel, but you get a little nervous about it or what all the things. And I know that we're sitting, you know, what do we call it? The Rona. Yeah, the damper on some of this. But you know what? There's still ways to, um, you know, have some adventures. And yeah. I know that your family loves adventures with yeah. all of the, um, I'm just going to say all the things that go along with traveling as a special needs family. And so I can't wait for you to share those pieces. So a couple of things again, guys, I just want you to remember, go to MarkeishaHall.com. Make sure to connect with Markeisha directly. If you'd like to speak to a master IEP coach, Markeisha, or perhaps someone in your area, please go to myiepcoach.com and you can find a list of active master IEP coaches. And you can also, there's an, uh, a box there. So if you have questions like and you don't have time to search because you are busy, just yeah. drop your name and your question there. We'll get you help at myiepcoach.com. One last resource I'm going to make sure that you have is that these conversations are awesome, but it doesn't give me a chance to interact with you, the listener at the level that we all like to connect. So I'm going to encourage you to come over to specialedinnercircle.com. It's where we continue the conversation. We meet monthly and talk about all the things that are happening in special education. And you get to connect with Markeisha and other master IEP coaches. You can ask for her by name in there. We'll make sure that you guys get connected. So hop over to special inner circle so you can continue this conversation and get the resources that you need. Parents, teachers, admins, and therapists, you're all welcome. So Markeisha, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go subscribe to your podcast. (laughs) I'm going to make sure to leave you a review too. You know, that that the more that you hop over to, um, if you hop over to iTunes and leave a review and tap the five stars, leave a few words, that actually helps more people find the podcast, which allows us to help more people. So please make sure to subscribe and leave that review so we can help more people. And thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed and go ahead and hop over to Catherine Witcher's podcast, also Special Education Inner Circle. 